just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. It is Wednesday. Got another one of those special programs, a program where we have a listener. And this is a listener who's been on before, Tony. And he said I could say his last name, Tony Negron. And uh, he's in South Carolina. And uh, before we get started, I I wanted to bring something up because I feel bad about this. I had somebody after you and I were on. wanting to know the information about your um, your lightsaber, lightsaber academy. academy. Right. right. Uh, and maybe you can tell us more about that in a second. But she wanted to know where it was. And then when I went back to the DM or the email, I couldn't find it for the life of me. So let's, <laughs> let's get that out of the way because apparently she had a son or some relative that would want to do it. And I thought, oh, shit, I'm, I feel bad about this. I can't find the DM or the email. So Tony Negron uh, runs something called the Lightsaber Academy. Why don't you tell us what that is and then right. tell people so how they can get to you. Yeah, so it's Aiken Saber Academy because we don't use the word lightsaber because it's owned by Disney. And we're in Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, minimum age is 14 on up to adults. And we've been teaching lightsaber combat for four years. Um, in addition to the lightsaber combat, which was you know, it's a small school, roughly 20 students, we, we cater to kids of with disabilities and uh, that are slightly autistic or kids that have come from bad financial backgrounds and just don't have the money. I char- I'm i retired, retired military officer, retired school teacher. Um, I charge $25 a month. That goes for the fee for the facility. It's at Odell Weeks Recreation Center. I consider us a city program. Uh, we're there to help with kids that don't have other opportunities. So we're trying to get them away from video games and something physical. Uh, we're one of the very few schools who specialize this in the world. Uh, me personally, I'm connected to the wider community around the world. I run another Facebook group and it is members of the Saber, uh, Saber community who do performance or have running leagues that are worldwide. So we're in, we're in 20 plus countries and so uh, small school, but pretty, pretty well known with our, within our own community. So our email is aiken.saber.academy at gmail.com or just contact Odell Weeks or look for Aiken Saber Academy on Facebook and you'll find us. Sounds good. And, and there are other Saber Academies around the country? There's a few. They're all, they're all a little bit different. There's, uh, there's two big leagues. Then there are groups that just do, I'm going to say choreography and they go to places and visit hospitals or they go to cons, but we're, we're what I call sport. Um, so we're, we're actually a sport and we're part of the sport instead of the performance side of things, though I can, we can do choreography and we have done it for events. That's not our main thing. We are a sport. So we, we teach the same, we teach our own rule set uh, for the sport but we also teach the rule sets of the two prevailing leagues that are in the country. So then anybody graduating from Aiken Sabre Academy 
could go on and to any of the leagues, or if they want to move on to a different martial art with swords and things like that, they've got the basic grounding of that. Okay. That sounds good. So if you want to contact Tony, he gave you the information. We'll probably do it at the end of the show again, just for those folks who may have missed it. But let's be honest, this is a podcast. You can rewind the motherfucker. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. Um, well, Tony, let's let's get down to the business at hand. What's going sure. on in our government? What's going on in the news? And uh, unfortunately, I have to ask you up front. I guess I have to ask every guest now. Um, sure. Do you now or have you ever had classified documents on your property and can we search you <laughs> just in case no no i haven't been a military officer with uh with with high security clearances i've handled many uh, many a uh, uh, classified document i've been in skiffs for some of my work with with some of the organizations i've been part of um and no i i i have never taken anything out of a place where it's supposed to be um, because there's just too much of an opportunity or a chance of it being compromised. And every military person in the country is given lessons on how to handle classified information. So we know Donald Trump literally stole classified and top secret documents, brought them to Mar-a-Lago. Then we Absolutely. find out then we find out that Joe Biden has some on his property in his garage, in his house, in his think tank. And all the Republicans are screaming at Joe Biden. They're they're disregarding the criminal activity of Donald Trump, but they're all over Biden. And then, you know, a short time ago, Mike Pence was in a TV interview and somebody had the same obligation I have and says, did you take any classified documents? And and uh, um, Mr. Pence said, no, I didn't. And then crazy of all crazy. Yesterday, they have some lawyers, his lawyers, going through his house, and darned if they don't find some classified documents. I'm, you know what? I'm not even worried about who has the classified documents. I'm worried that everybody has fucking classified documents. <laughs> Why do they classify these documents if everybody can get them and stuff them under their couch? Well, first of all, let's face facts. Uh, Trump stole those documents either to make a profit off them by selling the information or to protect himself against the, uh, against this criminology. Right. Pence and, and Biden were both vice presidents. I'm sure in their vice presidential residence, there were, there were skiffs and skiffs are a place where you can look at documents or their offices were skiffs and they met the requirements for a place where that could be handled. So I'm sure but I, I can guarantee you they didn't go down and get the documents themselves. The documents were transported up to both vice presidents. Now, how the documents ended up in their residences, it, it's, to me, it's kind of a stretch that they themselves packed anything or did anything criminal. Um, it's more likely there were, there were documents somewhere, maybe their offices, which are classified as places to be able to look at that, and some aide or some flunky packed up the stuff when they were leaving. Because my understanding of the departure uh, just before just before the new president walks in, it's a it's a pretty hasty and hurried town. You got to move, so you know those folks have got to move. There's a lot on their place for both the, them and their spouses, and so they have a lot of help in doing this. Um, they're obviously going to have to go back 
and look at the procedures. I bet you Kamala Harris is already on top of that, knowing her. Um, but if, I bet if we go back, we would probably find classified documents and, pre- and pretty much the last, I don't know, four or five sets. I bet you Jimmy Carter has something floating around down here in Georgia somewhere. So, you know, I, I, there's no criminology. They won't be found at. However, having said that, what's fair is fair. And if we have a special counsel for Biden, either appoint a new special counsel for Pence or let the same special counsel do both by uh, both of those gentlemen. Well, what's interesting is that when Mike Pence was talk, talking, talking to somebody about uh, Joe Biden's situation, he said, yes, of course, they need a special counsel. So I can only assume that he believes the same thing for himself, especially since he lied about it or didn't know about it. Let, let, let's be honest. Pence and Biden is probably just carelessness. Donald Absolutely. Trump, Donald Trump was literally stuffing this shit down his pants and running out the door. Absolutely. He was wearing it in his pants, his vest pockets, uh, his daughters, his, his wife was carrying some out in her little purse. Probably their chihuahua had something on a backpack. Uh, it, it's, it's a whole different thing. But And for Merrick Garland, I mean, he's you know, to appoint a special counsel for something that his office could go ahead and easily look at is is now, I mean, it was overkill. And now with Pence coming forward, it even looks like more overkill. It's just not the same. But the hypocrisy of the other side is just incredible. All I'm hearing is crickets about Pence right now. Yeah, and yeah. and and it's a shame. Um, I, they're not going to say anything, and in fact, I think that this whole thing with Biden probably is going to die out, except by the crazies that are in the in the House of Representatives. The senators are going to stay as far away from this as possible because there's probably a senator or two that might have something floating around in their car somewhere. Well, that's what I'm thinking. You know, a lot of the Republicans are thinking now with Biden they would try to go after him, which, like you say, is hypocritical. Uh, but now with this Pence thing, it's kind of taking the edge off the Biden thing. You can't say Absolutely. Biden's a criminal without saying Pence is a criminal. Now, the MAGA folks will probably say, yeah, Pence is a criminal. He took the documents. Let's hang him. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't they don't like Pence. I don't even know why Pence is floating around. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a prayer uh, of ever getting elected to anything again. And, and all he's doing is visiting churches. He needs to go away. Well, you know, that's the thing. He wants to run for president. And I'm thinking to myself, who's going to vote for him? All the MAGA people hate him. The uh, moderates and conservatives don't want anything that's ever touched Donald Trump. And certainly the Democrats aren't going to vote for him. This fucker doesn't have a prayer. He's he's, he's wasting his time. I guess he thinks he talks to God and God says, Mike, you need to run. You need to save the country. And it's like everything else with those people. They're delusional. Yeah. Not all Christians are delusional, but Mike Pence and his ilk are definitely delusional. Um, this whole this whole thing about the classified information is just absolutely ridiculous. And the problem is, what pisses me off about Merrick Garland is how fucking slow he's moving on everything. We we have you know, and now Pence just muddied the waters for him again. So now is he's gonna is he gonna be indecisive again? And we're going to be held back again because now we got Mike Pence in the mix. Well, I read something recently, and, and in terms of Donald Trump with the January 6th situation and the uh, classified documents, that's really Jack Smith's job, and those are his only two jobs. And what I've read, some people have said that shouldn't diminish 
anything that Jack Smith is doing or slow anything down or muddy that's, anything. That's up. right. Because he's focused on just those two things. He doesn't care That's about right. Biden. He doesn't care about Pence. He doesn't care about anything else. All he's focused on is those two things. Uh, and we keep hearing that it's getting closer and closer to something happening. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see with that. But you know, you know, and I know that whatever the special counsels come with, at the end of the day, it's Merrick Garland's decision. It is. It is. I, I, I don't think Merrick Garland would pull in jack smith from overseas from the hague and say tell me what you think and then say you know i think you're wrong i think he's just looking to put the decision off on somebody else to make it less political at least in his mind i think he'll go along yeah give him some cover i think he'll go along with whatever jack smith uh decides on the on the matter and i i can't imagine uh why jack smith would take the job unless indictments were likely um, well, you know, it's been over two years. Um, we've been waiting since day one, since January seventh, for something to happen. Of, of, but, but we got it's got to it's got to start moving. Otherwise, we're going to be deep into the election cycle, and it's just going to be it's it's going to be bad for it's going to be bad for justice. Uh, in that meantime, Trump could do a lot of damage. So. I mean, I kind of want to see Trump go up against Republican contenders and destroy them before they take him down, to be honest with you. But I still want to see Trump in jail more so than I want to see that. I'm thinking when it comes to the DOJ specifically, something have has to happen, indictments and that sort of thing, within the next six months. It almost has to, because then you're going to hear people whining about, well, there's election coming. I, I still don't think Donald Trump is going to run. I don't think he's going to be the candidate. I don't think he'll legally be able to, or he'll just bail on it because his support will be so limited. You uh, you were talking about, you're in South Carolina, you were talking he was supposed to have a rally yesterday, and it didn't sound like the uh, the support was real strong coming up with this rally. No, no, no. I mean, the the papers and the news was all about his staff trying to get local politicians to show up there. Well, they weren't going to show up there. I'm trying to think of the governor. Oh, Haley. Um, she wasn't going to go. She wants to run. And yeah. she wasn't going to show there. So we're talking about Mick Masters, who probably doesn't have uh, much political ambition to go past governor. And then, of course, Lindsey Graham. But I don't think Lindsey Graham. I think Lindsey Graham is he's a chameleon. And there's going to be some point in this next six months, as Trump gets into more legal problems, and Lindsey Graham is going to cast him adrift so fast it'll make your head spin. Because, because Graham appears to have absolutely no more loyalty than Donald Trump does. Oh, no, of course not. But, you know, Lindsey has some of his own problems, which we'll get to a little later. <laughs> yeah, Down exactly. in Georgia. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I really get the sense that uh, – most Republicans, most reasonable Republicans are trying to separate themselves as much from Donald Trump as they can. I mean, clearly he's a loser. He won the 2016 election. He was part of the losses in 2018. He certainly lost in 2020. And he's partially responsible for the losses for the Republicans in 2022. He's a fucking loser. And people well, with, with a reasonable mind realize that and they know, Okay, he's no longer an asset. He's now a liability. Let's kick him to the curb. 
you see the evangelicals move out. Uh, Graham, I can't think of his first name. I'm older than you are, so my memory is gone. Well, Billy Graham's kid, Franklin. Franklin. Franklin has already said he's not going to. He's not going to support a Trump run. So well, why should he? Gonna... He got what he wanted. He got what they <laughs> wanted and overturned Roe v. Wade. That's all they, they got. About. Exactly what they want. Trump brings nothing else to the table for that group. Still, you know, Gen Gen X, white people are just still in the Trump camp for a short while longer. They're still loud and they're noisy, and we'll see. But you know, if Trump does some damage to the Republican field on his way out off the field of battle. I'm perfectly happy with that, but he needs to go off the field of battle and he needs to be carried off in a stretcher with, with in chains. And that would be, that would make, a, that would make probably most of the country happy again. Well, and, the, and what's, go ahead. The, the, the interesting thing is, is when you watch Truth Social, um, he's fucking going nuts over there. I mean, he's, uh, absolutely. he's ranting and raving incoherently <laughs> because he's scared to death. <laughs> He absolutely is. And you see this all the time. The news media doesn't cover it as much as the TikToker news media covers. True. But but they're on top. They're on top of a lot of this much quicker and much faster than than the regular news media. But, you know, some shows like Morning Joe and a few others and um, MSNBC will be a day or two behind the TikTokers. Uh, But he's absolutely going crazy. And he should be. He should be worried. His, he's he's just lost a couple cases where he's he's been fined, and yeah. his lawyer's been fined. You know, for a lawyer to be fined, that's that that's going to send a signal to other lawyers working for this turd that maybe they need to you know they may need to think about not supporting him in any of his cases because they they don't have any ammunition to defend him with. Well, everything already, he's done is not open. It's already impacted him, and it's already made him make a decision. He. He uh, had his lawyer sanctioned in his lawsuit against Hillary. They said it was frivolous. It was ridiculous. No base in law. And he was he and his lawyers were fined a million dollars. Next day, next day, he had a lawsuit against Letitia James, who, in fact, is suing him in a civil court for his fraudulent uh, practices and business in New York. But he had a two hundred fifty million dollar lawsuit against her. And he dropped that son of a bitch real quick because he didn't want to get fined another million or two million dollars for stupid shit. So, in your mind, who do you think dropped the lawsuit, Trump, or the or the lawyers defending him said you got to drop this or we're out of here? Oh, I think the lawyers lawyers did. I mean, if I'm a lawyer watching what already happened, I'd say you either drop this case or I'm gone. I'm done. And the fact of the matter is, is Donald Trump is running out of fucking lawyers. He's got a bunch yeah, he yeah. hasn't paid, a bunch that he doesn't listen to. And it's becoming harder and harder for him to uh, come up with legal representation. Yeah. Pretty soon he's going to be having to just go down, come down to like Augusta and find uh, an ambulance chaser. You know, one click, that's all kind of guy. Yeah. That's all he can find. I mean, that's it. That's what's left. It's you almost know, they, better call Saul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a there's a couple here. I'm not going to mention any names because they're they're bad. They you know who they are. They advertise. They really just want your to, to do a settlement mill. Uh, Trump is Trump. It's it, it's it's really kind of cool if you pay attention on a daily basis, like you and I do, Mike, to watch the darts and the needles hitting Trump to see him diminish. He was already a small man anyway. 
but to watch him diminish and to see to see things starting to close in on him and him fighting and yelling and screaming and turning on people that used to be on his side. And I just, you know, when, when Graham pulls chalks like we think he's going to do, that's going to be in. It, it, Graham's probably going to wait to the last second to do it, yeah, you know, no because question. nobody's nobody's running against Trump right yet. But if he sees somebody he's going to beat Trump, and I don't think it's going to be DeSantis. I think it's going to be somebody else. It's not going to be Pompeo either. That blowhard. Wow. Uh, but I think I think uh, Haley has a shot. Although Republicans are not generally good to women politicians, so no. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know that that they would vote for her either. And I I don't know who else is running. Yeah, I think oh, hon- yeah. honestly, I think that when we get to twenty twenty four, the two candidates will be two people we never thought of being candidates. I think both parties are going to have different candidates. I mean, the the Democrats, it could be Joe. I'm not so sure. Here's my problem. I, I I'm with you on that one. Here's my problem that Joe has. Joe's got these documents. That's not a big thing. They'll forget about that by 2024. But because the House of Representatives is controlled by the Republicans, that means there's not going to be any legislation done. Zero, nothing. So Joe's not going to have anything to hang his hat on short of appointing federal judges. That's about all he can do in the Senate. So he's going to have a problem, and it depends on what the economy is like at that point and the price of gas. Um, and, the, you know, the fact that he's 82, we don't know what kind of physical condition he will be in at 82. Right. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't generate a ton of enthusiasm. I think he's got enough legislation, and this is where I disagree with you slightly, to run on that legislation. His opponent, whoever that's going to be, has got nothing. DeSantis right. has done nothing. He's got right. nothing. You know, Abbott has got nothing in Texas. What? Like we sent some migrants to New York? That's what you're, that's what you're going to run on in a general election? I don't think so. So, you know, I can't think of somebody who's he was Trump critical. He just left for governorship of maybe Vermont. Or Sununu up in Vermont yeah. or something Sununu, like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a guy. Um, I think they're hungry for the non-Trump, you know, and the non-crazy and DeSantis and Abbott aren't it. Well, that's true. You know, if the Republicans want to rehabilitate themselves, they have to get someone relatively normal running for president. However, we see what happens with the two factions in the House of Representatives the normies, as they call them, or the MAGA fucks. Well, they the MAGA fucks they can't are come to together. Hang. They are going to hang whoever their candidate is in 24 with this whole thing about, uh, first of all, be the debt crisis. So they're going to hang that around the deck, but then they're wanting to touch, you know, Social Security and Medicare. They're going to, they are going to so hang that on their next candidate who probably would have had nothing to do with any of it and doesn't believe in any of it. But, the Democrats are going to take that stuff and they're going to weaponize it. They're just handing, they're basically handing knives and weapons to the Democrats for 2024. I, I'd heard a story where it comes to the silliness in the House of Representatives and the uh, craziness they're doing with the uh, putting the fascists in charge of committees and such. The talk is that Democrats are just sitting back giggling to themselves about it because they know how foolish they're going to look in the end. Just let them <laughs> just let them fuck themselves over. They don't seem to be worried about it at all. 
They're not, well, they're not, we'll see because Marjorie Taylor Greene and her ilk don't really give a shit if they accomplish anything. What they want to do is have the issue to raise money individually. Right. So they couldn't care less about the Republicans. They're the whole, the whole group of them. But, and they're not going to get anything done because the, the Biden administration is not going to reply to any of their subpoenas. So nothing is going to get done. They'll yell and scream on TV. The Democrats may walk out of the room if they're yelling and screaming. Um, and then there won't be anybody listening to the subpoenas. But they don't do that for that reason. They don't, they're not, they're not after Biden to get Biden. They're after Biden to make money. Right. Well, you know, Kevin McCarthy made a promise to the MAGA folks and, uh, mainly made this promise because that's all he thinks he can deliver. And it's probably all he can deliver. They aren't going to do any governing or legislating or anything like that. Um, but what they want, what he wants to do is kick Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off their committees and Ilhan Omar. Now he's thing, already done two of them. He's already uh, done Swalwell and Schiff he's, a, today. he's, a, he's announced that he wants to do it. I don't know if he can or not yet, no. but, that eminently he can because it's a select committee, so it's his right, choice. Right, right, right. Exactly, that's exactly right. And then the other one has to go before the full, the full House of Representatives for a vote. So I think, I think uh, a couple Republicans already said they're not going to vote to kick her off the committee. Right, right, and I, I don't think they will. That's that's a bad precedent. Um, but I heard another story that I find kind of interesting. You know that deal that Kevin McCarthy agreed to about the motion to vacate. Only one person needs to stand up and they have to do a uh, a vote of no confidence. I know Kevin McCarthy feels MAGA hanging over his head with that eventuality. They are going to do it eventually because Kevin's not going to be able to come through for them in this, uh, in this budget, uh, this uh, debt crisis thing. But besides that, I'd heard a story now that there is a Democrat thinking about calling a motion to vacate and for a vote of no confidence. Now, just just oh, imagine wow. that. I never, I ne- nobody ever <laughs> wow. thought a Democrat would do that, but it makes sense. And what would what would be the reason to do that? The reason would be to because he's kicking off people from committees that aren't deserving and being kicked off. You know, we heard those two Republicans say, this is ridiculous. This is a circus. I'm not going to go along with it. Now, they got a four-person advantage. Two, we know, are already going against him. For now, exactly. All they need is two more. Two who don't show up to vote. Right. Then that motherfucker is no longer Speaker of the House. And guess what? We got another shit show in in the uh, uh, House of Representatives because— I don't know who else they could vote in. Kevin McCarthy was the most likely prospect, and it took moving heaven to get him fucking voted in. Well, see, I kind of see it that nobody else wants that job. Nobody. Not with a four-person and with the crazies. So even if they do a move to vacate and no confidence, I think he'll survive that vote every single time. Because the people that will do the move to vacate won't be the moderates. They won't be the problem solvers. They won't be the, you know, they might be a Democrat. But at the end, 
I think he remains speaker. He's a wounded speaker, but he's a speaker that accomplishes nothing. He's going to be it's going to be the weakest speakership in, in probably the, that position's history. You're but probably, I think he survives it. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he survives it. There's one other scenario that that I want to throw out there. Uh, you're right, though. Kevin McCarthy is weak. He's wounded. That's probably to the Democrats' benefit, and they probably don't want to see him ousted. They want him continuing to fuck up as he does. However, there's one other scenario. If you've got four people or five people on the Republican Party that are sick of Kevin McCarthy, and they vote, and the Democrats vote to kick him out, then they've got a majority to do that, then he's gone. So now what happens? They got to find another Speaker of the House. There isn't one Republican that can, can get enough support to be elected Speaker of the House. This is something I brought up when they were going through the ballots with uh, with uh, um, Kevin McCarthy. What if people are so fed up and the scenario is the Democrats say, listen, we'll help you get a Speaker of the House Elected, if you pick somebody who's reasonable, who's not fucking crazy, who's going to really do the business of the people in the House. So somebody in the Republican Party is picked, you know, one of the moderates, say, for example. And then then all 213 of the Democrats vote and five of the Republicans, including the guy who's being nominated. So you need four more. And then all of a sudden, Kevin McCarthy's kicked out. A more reasonable Republican is put in, and the MAGA, MAGA uh, fucks are down the toilet because they got no fucking power now. Well, the problem with that scenario is that whatever moderate Republican you put in there would depend on working with the Democrats. And I'm not positive that there's a single Republican that wants to, to do legislation with a majority of Democrats and six, seven, ten moderate Republicans. I just, that, that is the problem with that scenario. Would I like to see it? Sure. No, I'm more rather, I just don't see how that's going to work though. I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. There, there's probably no taste for it in the Republican party, regardless of how moderate they are. However, exactly. what is the alternative? The alternative well, uh, is to spin your wheels and deal with crazy bullshit. And then when they try to get reelected in 2024, they got to say what I did in, in Congress for you. And we did nothing. We just hung around with the fucking crazies. See, that's the thing. These people that want to step away from the, the MAGAs, they got to make, they got a tough decision here. Either they work with the Democrats and actually do some business or they do nothing and they're tied to the crazies. And you know, well, as well like, as I do, the crazies, they see them as losers, so they don't want to be tied to that. Well, there's something like 20 swing districts I read yesterday. And those are people in districts that Biden won. They're in trouble because if what you say is true, and there's a good possibility that that McCarthy does not survive six months, never mind, never right. mind the rest of his speakership. Um. It, it's going to be a shit show to elect somebody else because nobody's going to want that job. Maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene will, but she can't get elected. None no. of the crazies can get elected. None of the moderates want the job. So, they, but the, as much as they don't want the job, they refuse to let allow the Democrats 
then have that job. They just don't. Because for the moderates, it's about the belief in conservatism and the rest of it. They won't, they're not crazy, but they would much rather have their own policies, tax cuts, that's all they know anyway, than anything to do with liberalism. So it's a, it's a problem. And so we're going to sit on a house of, I believe we're going to sit on a house of representatives. That's going to be a fucking circus from now until 2024. And when we run those, those people sitting in the, in, in the swing districts, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think because it's a presidential election, it's going to look like 2020 where there's going to be a swing of 40 or 50 in the house of representatives. To be honest, I think the Democrats, if they're smart, they're already putting some good people in to run in 2024 in, in those swing districts. And I think they have a good shot at, at they did really well this time in the, in the midterm, better than I would have thought. And 2024, the House is going to turn back to being Democrats. But it's going to be two years of, of, of just nonsense. That's what um, I believe. Unless you got four members that give them the majority. I, How long, do they hold on to the majority for the full two years? I'm not convinced that they will. No, I mean, no, George, no. George no. Santos might be out the door soon yep, because yep, George, yep. George, they don't know what to do with George. They need his vote, but he's become an embarrassment and he's sucking up all the oxygen and they're not be able to get they're not able to get their message out because it's all about George Santos. Well, you're exactly right. With this small majority, and there's usually between every two years, there's a number of people who leave because they're ill or they die. Or they get indicted. Or they get indicted. And, you know, if if fortune favors the good, the majority of those 13 or 14 people that change over every two years will be all on, mostly on the Republican side. And then the House would swing earlier than, than in 2024. So you 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 nailed this one. It, it 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 may not last that long, but it'll be retirements, death, indictments, or something like that. Well, and indictments are a real deal. I mean, we've got oh, yeah. we we've got sitting members of Congress on the MAGA side, the Republican side, that may be in line for indictments from the DOJ. Now, I know people who sit in Congress are pretty well protected. I don't know that they have to resign if they're indicted. But I got to believe there's going to be some pressure because the Republicans will not want that hanging over their heads. It's going to be a really tight situation for Kevin McCarthy, whoever the Speaker of the House is, and all the relatively normal people. Because, again, these normal people, these normies, they want to get away from Donald Trump as much as they can. You know, they fucked around and they waited too long. So that stink is always going to be with them. But they're now trying to get away from it because they know it's not a winner come 2024. I don't see they, how the Dem- or the Republicans win anything in 2024. The only way that the Republicans can win on a national level is by doing what they're doing, restricting voting, by by cutting down the ability of people to vote, uh, by blatantly changing the laws so that their legislatures get to pick their pick their electoral college candidates, all that kind of stuff. Um, the demographics are, are kind of going against them. And it isn't even just the baby boomers. It's generation, you know, uh, generation X is not, are getting older too. Yeah. And so, and those people were mostly MAGA people. A lot of them were, and they have no Trump, no MAGA. So they may not even come out to vote. 
Well, one of the big things that we've seen in, in 2022 and bigger in 2024 and ominous for the Republicans in 2028 is the amount of Gen Zs and the millennials coming out. They will ultimately be the vote is a biggest voting block in the country, presumably by 2028. Uh, they're saying that there are 5,000 boomers dying a day. I'm trying to figure out what my day is. I'm <laughs> We're in that uh, same position. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm on the young end of the boomers, so I think I got a little time. But until, <laughs> until such time, I'm be a loud motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what we want. And you know, people change over time. Like I've said on the last show I was on, you know, the the boomers were our hippies, and uh, you know, and they marched love. against. Yeah, yeah, but they also marched against Vietnam. And they marched for civil rights. And then they became capitalists and Republicans, a lot of them. You know, they, they needed to make money because they thought, well, I don't want to give my taxes for that project that's down the road that the federal government is building. So we're not sure that, that that's not going to happen with the Gen Zs and that. But we might have a couple good, we might have a couple good cycles before they get to that point. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, before the millennials, and the Gen Zs especially get tainted and, and go to the dark <laughs> side, you and I probably would be dead. So we won't oh, have to deal with that. Oh yeah. No, but I have granddaughters and I don't want them to, no, I don't I want agree. Them to go through the bullshit that that's well happening now. I mean, to be honest, I mean, historically we're at a reasonably decent time. I mean, yes, the, yes, we have turmoil in, in government and we almost had a, a coup d'etat, but we didn't have it. And now the guardrails are coming back up and we talk about it a lot. But the reality is we're not in, we're not in a war where we're, we're, we're financially doing better than most of the world. And, and there's a lot of hope. We just, we just need to vote the way that we are and with positive energy. We need to kind of get out the, the, the dark side GOP guys like the DeSantis is enough so that the society can kind of move on. And, and with any luck, you know, it might happen in 2028. Maybe yeah. at that point it'll be tough for those bastards to get elected to do the kind of things that they're doing. Well, their 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 demise is imminent. There's no question about that. It's going to come, you know, as the Republican Party is now. My guess is they'll try to change, but if they do that, it's going to take some time before it takes and before some of these younger people decide. Well, you know, the Republicans aren't too bad right now. They're well, painted as evil. And most millennials and Gen Zs see them as the uh, fucking Satan in the political world. Yeah, yeah, because they're educated. Yeah, they're educated. They're able to, you know, have a broader critical thinking ability, and they can see it. Those guys, the the Republican Party, have done nothing for them, and in fact, all they do is take away things, you know, and then try to pass it up to the very wealthy. They can see that, and and so. I'm hoping that that doesn't change. They, but how active will they be? Will they march? Will they vote? That's what that's that's the key. But they they certainly can see that the Republican Party, even the old Republican Party, was ne is never been ever been on their side. Maybe during Lincoln's time, but it, but not certainly in the 20th and 21st centuries. It hasn't been. Well, you know, I, and that's where the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade comes in. I've always said that it pissed off 51 per, or 50 percent of the country in terms of women. But in addition, it pissed off millennials and Gen Z's. Those are the ones having babies. It ain't you and me, Tony. 
Now it's not us. <laughs> no. My my wife and I have decided to stop having children. So we're uh, done. Yeah, we, we're done. We're at the we're in the same we're in the same place. And I've been you know, so we're we're done with kids and we got grandkids. But you know, it's they they need to it, it it's a it's a crazy freaking time that that I've been so disappointed in that the people that depend on the policies are voting for the wrong party. And it's just so disappointing. Human human nature has really got me to the point where I just, I look at these folks and I, I can't understand them. They might as well be from Jupiter because yeah. I can't understand their thought processes. I, I know you feel the same way. And I, I've heard your guests. I listen to your, your podcast all the time. I forget who you had two, three or four podcasts ago that he has his own podcast. Do it. And the guy was, yeah, brilliant guy, brilliant guy. And he was saying the same things I, I was. He can't, he can't. The difference is he's going to, he's decided to go the same way you do, which is speak the same way they do. Speak loud, use intemperate language, you know, let the world hear. And, and, and frankly, the Democrats need to listen to you guys. They need to fight. They need to, they need to, you know, they need to show the difference between their parties and don't give us a position paper. Give us a slogan, which the Republicans are great at, because the Republicans stand for nothing. They never have just a tax cut. That's it. They're already talking about the tax cut. Again, the only reason they want to do a sales tax in place of an income tax is to give a tax cut. That's all. It's always the same thing. Well, that is absolutely ridiculous. That tax cut that they're talking about. Some people mix it up with the flat tax. Now, I'm not a tax expert, so I don't know, but I'm I'm not opposed to the flat tax if everybody has to pay the same percentage because um, that's the only way it's fair. I mean, theoretically, the income tax is supposed to be like that now where everybody play, pays a percentage based on what you make, uh, but there's so many loopholes that you get people that don't pay any taxes at all. If well, everybody had to pay 8%, We'd probably have plenty of fucking money. Yeah, but you know the eight percent of a billionaire is not the eight percent that you're gonna have to pay. Number one, uh, so the idea is the billionaire gets a tax cut by only having to pay the same as the rest of us. True. They, they, you know, it's it, it is the responsibility of the Congress to set, and the IRS to set up a tax code which does not allow the cheating and the loopholes. Yeah, because in the, in that system, if it was done right, the Republicans would pay a fair share, not more than their fair share, but a fair share. Right now, they're riding on our coattails. But a flat tax would be the same thing. They'd be riding on our coattails because they'd be still they'd still be getting a tax cut. Well, what should be helpful is, of course, this 15 percent tax now that uh, Joe Biden installed assuming they pay their 15% of tax, that should do quite a lot for the economy. It should help it out a little bit. I mean, when our economy has been the strongest is when the rich have paid the most taxes. When our economy has been the weakest is when they don't pay any taxes. So anything we can get out of these fucks has got to help. I think think the way the MAGA people are, the Republican Party are with corporate interests now, the corporate interests are starting to get really pissed off at them. Trump was not a corporate guy, and he put any any kind of went against them. And now, if we if we have a, a debt crisis, that's not good for them either. And if we had, had a national sales tax, that is not good for corporate interest because people would just do it out. Yeah, you know. So, so with any luck, 
we get we get the National Chamber of Commerce to come over to the light, the side of light, and maybe they find some compromise to change the loopholes and things to get the wealthy to pay more than their fair share. Good for the economy. It, work, it works well with us. The states that are doing best are California, New York, New Jersey, with extremely high taxes. And yet those states are givers and the states with the lowest tax rates are takers. So, you know, there's a balance there. Well, that, that, that's been actually my point is that, you know, paying taxes is one thing, whether you pay high taxes or low taxes. My contention is if I pay something, I better get something back. And under the way the federal government has run, they take our taxes and then refuse to give us anything in return. That's, that's a shitty deal, regardless of whether you pay a lot or a little. If you're not getting any return for the money you spend, that's poorly invested money. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a roadway in West Virginia doesn't help me here. But the fact is the federal government, with the small percentage that is not entitlements or defense, they they, they, they put out a lot. They do safety and they make some law. They they make, they try for clean water and clean air and they pay park rangers to guide your kids through the national parks. There's a lot that's going on that's actually good. Now, what we don't get, which other countries get, is health care right. and things like that, which, you know, if you pay your taxes, we, we all should be getting that. But that's because it's just one party stopping the same party that is allowing the crisis with guns to continue. It's the same freaking people. Here's your tax cut. But here, everybody has to have a gun now, including everybody that's at a festival. And oh, by the way, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you worked your whole life, but you got to wait till you're 65 before you get some health care. Right. That's exactly. Ridiculous. 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 It is just ridiculous. And it, it's a shame. So, you know, national news is, I mean, it's a lot that's going on politically. And there's a, there's a lot that we haven't talked about. So we didn't talk about guns because guns, they're, there were somebody was I was listening to something. They said they moved to England like five years ago, and there was maybe twelve shootings in England over those twelve years, and we've had more than that. And that's since, a week here. That's a week. Yeah, that, that's a week, and it's gotten to the point where we can't. You can't talk about it. No. We've had three mass shootings since yesterday, or two days within the last two days. And you talk about the first one, and then you you get the second one, and then you can't talk about the third one, and then you can't you can't keep up. Well, and, I tell you, I tell you, you know, what, Tony, we're we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll talk about the the gun situation. I want to talk about the uh, the 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 debt crisis thing here, the raising of the debt, and I want to get to Georgia because some serious shit happened in Georgia okay. that sounds right. really good. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're back on the Rational Boomer podcast. I have a guest today, a listener and a guest. His name is Tony Negron. He's from South Carolina. Um, he's also a proprietor of a, um, say it again. I don't want to say, a a piss a off a Disney. Aiken, Aiken Saber Academy, and we teach lightsaber combat. There you go. There you go. We'll talk more about that, and I'll tell you where you can get a hold of him at the end of the show. So stick with us for that. Uh, you started talking about guns, and, and, and this is kind of a thing that annoys me so much. 
because there's so much ignorance and so much hypocrisy and so much lying about this thing. Um, we've had we had two mass shootings in California in the last couple of days. People unnecessarily killed because some crazy fuck uh, takes a gun and decides to shoot a bunch of people up. Um, I've always said that our government's first job, their first job is to protect its citizens. So you would imagine that when people are getting killed in mass shootings, our government would rally together and find out a way to protect us. But in decades, they have done zero. No matter how egregious, no matter how horrible the mass shooting is, they refuse to do anything. And that's largely the Republicans. But you can't let the Democrats off the hook, too, because some of the Democrats do get money from the NRA as well. And this is what it's all about. It's all about money, keeping the NRA strong, getting the money from the NRA. And they are apparently choosing money and power over the safety of the people of this country, which seems contrary to the job they were charged with. This fucking pisses well, me off. I'm, I'm with you. I'm angry. You talked about the two mass shootings in California. So one, uh, the big one with 10 dead and, and 10 wounded was, uh, it's thought that that person who committed suicide in his van was looking for somebody in particular when he went to all these dance studios. Right. Um, and they think it was his ex-wife. And the other one was a disgruntled person. But what was not mentioned was the shooting at another high school. Two more dead and a teacher wounded. Wow. And, you know, and I, I think judging by what I'm seeing, it's not so much the NRA as much anymore. As an organization, I won't say they've been broken into nothingness, but there's certainly a lot diminished. I think it's, I think it's the same loud, noisy people who are voters for the Republicans that they want to keep. And it's not your best. Listen, I got a, I think we've talked about this before. I've got a gun safe with an AR, a carbine, a whole bunch of pistols. I'd give up that AR in a heartbeat if that, if they would change the law. I don't need it for anything. It doesn't get shot. It's just sitting in my safe. There are no riots where I am. You know, um, and I don't certainly don't hunt with it. Let me ask like, you this, Tony. Why did you buy it? Um, you because you could. I, because I could. Okay, that's fair. I had money. I mean, I, I. Well, the reality is, my wife had passed away, and now I had. It was just me. I hadn't been remarried, and I was bringing in a bunch of money, and I went out and said, "This is a pretty cool hobby," and I got into the hobby, and I bought a silencer and a bunch of pistols. And I, and it was a really great place where I shot that doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately, really great range. And, and I just kind of got into the culture and I like the people. They, and I know they're all on the opposite side of politically. And we, but we had some really wonderful political battles in there. And then when Georgia went to uh, concealed carry without a permit, South, you know, I was on TV saying, what are they doing? You know, the police don't want this. We don't want this. I, I have a concealed carry and my concealed carry, I had to take a class and, and shoot for it. I had to prove that I, I had the expertise. So it pisses me off as a responsible gun owner to see this going on that an 18 year old or a 19 year old, a 20 year old, 21 can walk into a place 
and, and buy a weapon that me as a 20 year military retiree and with some training was able to get and they have no training. Right. And and so, of course, they get angry and they shoot in road rage. And, of course, wives and, and girlfriends are being killed. And, of course, somebody is going to go hunt for their wife and then shoot nine other people in addition. Right. It just it just it, it, it is it's the it's the, the amount of guns. And somebody said, well, they would just get them off, off the streets anyway, even if even if if they couldn't get them legally. And I and I want to call bullshit on that, because most people who are doing the shootings, don't know how to go into the hood and buy guns from from underground people. They just no. don't have that ability. It's all these little white little white kids for the most part who are angry. They they don't know how to get that gun, but they all their guns were bought legal. Well, and, so, and and most of the gun proponents will say, "Well, take Chicago. You got all those killings, but they've got serious gun laws." Same with California. They got all these strong gun laws, but they still have the killings. But they fail to say is that it doesn't mean the guns are in California. They could be brought in from Nevada or Wisconsin and Illinois. And, and the problem is in order to really protect people with gun control of some sort, it has to be federal. You're exactly right. In Chicago, the guns come in from Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin, and they're bought out there where there are looser gun laws. And then they're brought in and then they're sold at a premium out of the back of cars or things like that. Right. It's just absolutely if the guns weren't being able to be purchased, you know, the, 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 the gun shops would still be open. People still would shoot. Still people would apply for concealed carry. I don't understand where the police are not being vocal and as loud as they can be. Their lives are being je- in jeopardy as much as the population. I just don't I don't get it. The same parents that are at a board meeting asking the schools to protect their kids are the same people who are voting for a gun-toting person uh, like like we see in Congress. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it shows no intelligence. It shows no foresight. That's the one thing about Republicans I've noticed. They don't see the big picture. They only see what do I get now, here, and and whatever the future uh, holds it doesn't matter a good example of that is you know we had all these republicans that were subpoenaed by the january 6th committee okay and they refused to come so what does jim jordan and a bunch of people do now that they get some power in the house of representatives we're going to subpoena the doj <laughs> no you're not <laughs> motherfucker they ain't gonna come because even no, if you do going. subpoena them and they don't come and then you find them in contempt of Congress, guess who has to go after them? The DOJ has to go after the DOJ. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, Jordan looks so stupid, and he can't think beyond the end of his nose. He looks well, he's foolish. definitely, he's, he's, but he's, he's, you know, of course, it's all performance for him. Yeah. Uh, but he is stupid. And Marjorie Taylor Greene and Boebert and the rest of them. Let's say, I can't think of that guy's name in Texas. He was the, like, the he's the dumbest, dumbest congressman until a recent batch, and he was a former judge. Uh, Gomer? Oh, Gomer, yeah, Louis Gomer. Yeah, 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 Louis Gomer, probably the dumbest individual I've ever seen uh, represent anybody. Um, But that's who's there, and they're the ones who protect the gun lobby, and and they're the ones who are responsible for the condition of the country. Imagine if we, imagine if Nancy Pelosi had, had, had a really... Democratic Senate, like controlled, 
and a Democratic White House. Imagine the laws and the changes that can be made in this country to everything, to gun laws, to, to taxes, to um, health care, to all of it. And it would come quick and it would come fast and it would change, revolutionize our society. Well, and I think that's what they've got to be shooting for in 2024. They've got an opportunity here because the Republicans are falling by the wayside. They look foolish. Uh, they don't have many chances in 2024, either with the president, probably the Senate or in the, in the House. <coughs> if we can get to that point where um, the Democrats control the House, the Senate and the presidency, and there's enough of a a buffer where they have some control and not a 50-50 Senate or something like that, that's when they need to get off their asses and start passing stuff quick because you don't know what's going to happen in two years. Yeah, you got yeah. two years to fucking put the metal, uh, put your pedal to the metal and, and get this shit done. Uh, but, yeah, but then yeah. again, you know, we have, we have something like the Democrats when they get, when things get a little easy, uh, we don't really have to do that case in point codifying Roe v. Wade, they could have done that, but they didn't do it. They had more important things to do. And now they find themselves with their dicks in their hands because they should have codified Roe v. Wade and they didn't. I mean, I, I don't know how they could not have seen the current structure of the Supreme Court. And I just don't think 2024 is going to be, we're not going to take back the Senate in, in the numbers that we need to. We'll be lucky to hold the Senate. We'll get back to the House, but we'll be lucky to hold the Senate. There are more Democrats up than there are Republicans. So there are more swing states where Democrats are right now than there are Republicans. So I, I just don't, I, I think the Senate is going to be pretty much kind of how it is right now without a veto proof majority and a couple people like Manchin and, and, and what's her name? Uh, cinema, we can't, we're not going to be able to get anything done there. No, we're lucky no. we're getting stuff done now. I, I, I disagree with you, and I you know, I disagree to a lot of people oh, coming absolutely. up to 2022. Cinema's gone. She's out of here. She's fucking yeah, gone. Yeah, she's done. She's done. She's done. Ma Manchin has been marginalized, and he may be done. He actually may yeah. be done. Uh, but if he, he goes, who's going to take his place? Well, well that's, that's true. It could very well be a Republican. Uh, and that would would hurt. I, I don't see us losing the Senate. I see the Republican Party so destroyed in the next two years. It's going to be hard pressed for them to vote in any Republicans. I mean, I'll give you an example. George Santos, the absolute fraud, who's still in the House of Representatives because Kevin McCarthy uh, has no testicles. None. Zero. Now, um, he he's just going to make the Republican party look absolutely foolish as long as he's there. And I think the Democrats don't mind that he's there. I think nah. they want that circus to fucking continue. No, no. Every day it's a media circus around Santos every single day. Uh, uh, he just said something today where his life was in jeopardy. <laughs> that he, <laughs> So yeah, every single day he's being followed around by a posse of oh. journalists. What what I love about George Santos, they say, well, he's a drag queen. No, I'm not. That's crazy. And then there's a picture. No, I'm not. That's crazy. <laughs> and then there's a video. No, I'm not. That's kind of crazy. And then it comes out a wiki page that he wrote that says he was a drag queen. 
<laughs> and then they catch him on the street and he says, I'm not a drag queen. I just was having fun at a festival when I was young. And then it comes, well, I mean, out, then it comes out that he was a drag queen in that drag queen life for like three years. From a one lot of his Republicans friends. like to like to dress up. I've seen some pictures of uh, uh, Lindsay. Uh, well, when, well, Lindsay's just. I, I'm not going to go there with Lindsay, but yes, yes. But I've seen a bunch of dress up. So a uh, couple of Trumps. Lawyers were dressed up. Uh, Mayor, what's his name, uh, was in drag, and there's some pictures of him in drag. So yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a thing particular to their party going around in drag. I I'm just going to leave it at that and not and not talk to their motives. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. This is something I've thought about. Now there are all these rumors about Lindsey Graham and his sexual yeah. preference and all that stuff, and he can be yeah. whoever he wants. The problem is he he denies it. And he works against LGBTQ people, and that—that's a yeah, fucking that's right. problem. As somebody who lives in South Carolina, and he is your senator, do you know shit about him and his history that the public well, at large don't know? There is there's some gossip about him picking up uh, gay prostitutes through the years, and for some reason. The gay prostitutes don't come out. A couple of them have, and the news has been squashed. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think he's powerful enough that he's like out of a, a villain out of a TV show where you have this powerful politician right. and shit comes out about them and their son and they automatically it's squashed. So the answer is he's in the closet for sure. He's definitely been teased about being a queen. Um, but, and he's entitled to be gay. I don't know, which I don't understand why he just doesn't come out because to be honest, I think he'd still get elected in, in here because no one's going to ever going to vote for a Democrat in South Carolina. Right. So he'd still get elected. He just has to win his primary. So, but he's just, there's just stories that circulate around, around him, but it doesn't seem to make any bit of a difference. And they, he did some good work for the military when, um, uh, what's his name from Arizona was still alive and McCain. McCain and even recently he just got back from a trip from Ukraine and he's all in support of the United States giving more and more and more tanks jets whatever they want in Ukraine so when he's in that mode where he is a foreign affairs expert He's really pretty, I'm going to say conservative, but he th he's right on. As a former military officer, he's exactly right about Ukraine. He was exactly right about the Soviet Union. Um, he's wrong on a few other issues, but it's when he goes into the social aspect that he just sounds hypocritical and false. And when he goes anti-abortion or anti-LGBTQT, um, he's just, he's a hypocrite. Right. And you know, he's a bad man. I, I guess for lack of a word, he's a bad man. And, and it's a shame because we did, we deserve better in, here in South Carolina than, than him. You know, the thing about it is people always said that they felt like Donald Trump has some, something on him. And it would be easy for them, him to have something on them. But I, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt <laughs> with people like Donald Trump, these, these wild cards. They don't think before they do anything. They just 
burn every bridge and scorch every bit of earth. And I'm sure Lindsey Graham is in the back of his head knowing this fucking wild card might come out and say some shit because Donald Trump said it, more people would take to it. I'm sure he feels some pressure with Donald Trump. He got caught up yeah, yeah. In, a, in, a, in an abuse of a relationship, and now he can't get out of it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think in the circle that Trump used to go in, that's where all the drag queens and entertainers and all that. And I, it would not surprise me if he or his people uh, actually found some folks. Remember, that was the job of of of, of his uh, fixer, Michael, right, um, to go around and fix stuff for Trump. And I bet you, he, you might be right that he has picked some stuff up from casinos or something like that. Well, and and Donald Trump has been known in his history and business that blackmail is one of his strategies. He's also thought to have been a mentor to Jeffrey Epstein, who made his whole career blackmailing people. So it isn't, you know, as much as people might say it's crazy, it's not that crazy. I'm sure it there is are not a number that crazy. of I'm sure there are a number of people in the Republican Party that are nervous that Donald Trump will start talking. They're going to have to uh, discredit him very quickly before he damages them. He has stuff on some people, and probably more on the MAGAs than anybody else, the ones that, that are supporting him wholeheartedly. It may be doing it for a reason. And Lindsey Graham, you know, you know, just think the whole thing about his lifestyle and about his personal relationships. That's been around forever down here. Yeah. I mean, this is nothing. This is nothing new. But I think you are absolutely right that it is very possible that he saw that Trump would have said it in a way that wasn't threatening, but was threatening. Yeah. And all of a sudden, his opponent in a in for president sort of decided to change sides and go with him and play golf with him. Right. You know. Well, well I, that I, happened really fast. I, I I think there are a lot of Republicans, maybe even MAGA people, that are just waiting for the time he dies on the vine, that he is totally <laughs> discredited and out of the narrative. I mean, well, I that think, fat bastard has not died yet. No, no, you give him credit. He's like a cockroach. He can eat Big Macs <laughs> all day, get, be huge, not work out, not do anything, and Cheetah he's golf. still moving. Cheetah golf. Cheated golf. Did you, read the, yeah. did you read the story today about him cheating? I didn't read the story, but I've read other stories about him <laughs> cheating. What 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 did he do this time? So this was his him in home. So people who are on the PGA and, and entertainers and stuff play golf with him. And and he's been known to take a person's ball and throw it into a bunker, you know, that was on the fairway with, with ten feet. He's also been known not to take a putt and get the credit for ta- for making the putt on his first try. Mm-hmm. So, you know, through the years, he's been saying he's as good as any of the pros, but it's well known within the circles of everybody that has ever played golf with Donald Trump that he cheats. He cheats on the score. He cheats by kicking balls around. In fact, the caddies at a couple of his golf courses used to call Pele. You remember who Pele was? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, you're laughing. So for your audience, Pele was a Brazilian Brazilian soccer player who was world famous and considered one of the best uh kickers in the world. So from the from the caddies that have that have caddied for Trump, 
they call him Pele for that same reason because he's been known to kick an opponent's ball uh, into the woods, into the brush, into the lake, uh, um, that kind of thing. Well, I had I had the uh, great occasion to actually meet Pele one time. I interviewed him, which was hard because he doesn't <laughs> speak fucking English. But no, it was Pele, and I was 17. I said, please talk to me. And and so I did talk to him, uh, but I'll, I'll steal a line from another politician. Uh, I know Pele, and Donald Trump is no fucking Pele in terms of, in terms of a human being, because Pele was actually no, a pretty decent person. No. Well, Trump is no good. He's no anybody that's a decent human being, no. but he's, but the circle that around that is around him is just as bad as he is because they enable him. And, and that's a pretty big freaking circle from the, from the voters that vote him in, knowing what they've heard about him on down to the politicians and the staff that work with him. You know, he's an evil human being who has corrupted and destroyed everything around him. They all know it. And yet, for some reason, he always finds a way of getting people to do shit for him. Well, yeah, that's true. And I've often thought that uh, Donald Trump may not be as evil as the people around him. I think the people around him supported him because they saw him as a uh, useful idiot. The point man for their evil doings, they were just able to position him to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And they pulled the strings and he did it. I think that's why Donald Trump got the support he did, because he did the bidding of all these evil fucks. And he didn't care as long as he made money, became popular or got voted in. Well, and you're right about that, about them being evil. But when a guy goes to an Epstein party and rapes a 14-year-old girl or all the other things that he has been accused of, I, I, I think I'd pretty much classify him as evil. Yeah, you know? I, I guess I'd have to agree with you there. He, he <laughs> you is know, an so, evil, stupid fuck. An evil, stupid fuck. That is, that's a, there ought to be an acronym for that, right? What do we? He's got ESF. ESF. Uh, evil, he's got ESF. Uh, but Knowing he's this bad, the people that used him have got to be bad themselves. Absolutely. And so, you know, I mean, look, he got Kavanaugh through thanks to stupid Graham and Kavanaugh is an evil prick. But Kavanaugh may be having some problems now. This new documentary coming out is showing some evidence and showing that the FBI pretty much disregarded 4,500 tips. I don't know if there's anything they can do at this point now that he's a Supreme Court justice, but uh, he's going to take a PR beating. And, and, and at a time when, when the Supreme Court doesn't need that shit, they got right. problems with Alito, they got problems with Thomas, and now Kavanaugh, who was just kind of this quiet guy that flew under the radar, even though he had a flurry of, of, of hate going into the Supreme Court, but he was the least of our worries, and now they brought him back to the fucking top. And, and because the general population, most of us believe they're partisan hacks up there, it's just one more thing that goes against the Republican Party for bringing yeah. these people in for all those policies, all of it. It's just one more thing. As they all get beat up, as, as Trump gets beat up, as the rest of as Santos gets beat up, that's all good. Your your buddy who was on a few weeks ago said something about um, it's not so much what they do, it's kind of how they say it. 
Right. And he was making a comment about that. And he, and he, and he really was, it was really a, I hadn't quite put it that way. That it, was Tony it, Michaels. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Michaels. It was how you, how you frame things right. and how you say it. He was, he was, he was on point. So now the media is latched on to all his bad stuff about them, but there's not a lot of bad stuff about the Dems. Um, you have a little bit about Biden, but yeah. thanks to Mike Pence, that's kind of got to take that away for a while. Yeah, I can't think of a single person in the Democratic Party that right now is is in trouble. Can you? No, no, I, I don't. I mean, the thing about it is, is even if there were some in trouble, the comparison is so lopsided. You know, it's like it's like I run a stop sign and you murdered somebody. Well, my running of the stop sign is illegal, but nobody's really going to focus on it. They're going to focus it, on the murderer. It, it, exactly. I mean, just recently you had um, you had an FBI agent that was arrested for being in the pocket of a Ru- of a Russian billionaire. You know, and that was the guy who was responsible or one of the guys I thought was responsible for the Kavanaugh investigation. Right. Uh, right. Among, among things. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, so one more thing. Now we have an FBI agent who is probably a Republican. That story hasn't gone away yet. It's still not out of the news cycle yet, but it all adds up this drip, 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 drip. And so long as it keeps on dripping, I hope Santos stays there till 2024. As long as it keeps on on dripping we're yet to go into the into the house of representatives as hard as it's going to be in a few months when the investigations start well, and drip, 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 drip to 2024 baby it's going to be great well and santos we know now has some connection to a russian oligarch as well that might very well be where he got his money from the 700,000 yeah. that he donated to his campaign. I mean, this guy's just an absolute fool. He isn't long for this world. The only thing I can think of the Democrats are, are oh, now you just threatened talking. him. He said people were threatening him. You, <laughs> you could, that could be an applied threat, Mike. Well, yeah, I'm not threatening his life. I'm threatening his political, <laughs> political career. Um, Good. Uh, but, um, but I think I could take George Santos, no fucking problem. <laughs> I think you can too. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think that little wimp would be a problem. I, I do think, yeah. I mean, I read today, so today is I got this, and he redid all his financial statements that basically said that he gave the loan to know the loan was given, but but doesn't say where it came from. That's Wait. he just he just gave the journalist a, a string to pull on. Well, and the thing about it is, is when it comes to campaign finance, you don't get to say, I'm not going to tell you where it come from. He's got to exactly. tell you. Exactly. He's going to have to say. Uh, where $500,000 came from. He, he's, he's cornered now. He's got no way out. The only reason he'll stay there is because the Republicans – uh, don't know what to fucking do with them because either way they lose, and the Democrats are saying, "No, no, stay, stay." <laughs> right, right, because it, yeah, I mean, it, it takes so long to prosecute a congressman. If he, we're talking about a year or two before they can get a prosecution, he may get fined. He's yeah. got no money, um, so unless the ethics committee does something, which they're not going to do, um, he'll be around. Trip, 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 well, trip, well, the, trip. the the only thing you can do to a sitting member of Congress, maybe destroy them uh, reputationally. 
just fucking oh, yeah. constantly in the news, destroy them, and then they've got no way out. They'll certainly not get reelected. You know, with the House of Representatives, we got this thing going on with this raising of the debt limit. And right, the, right. the MAGA fucks are starting to, you know, threaten, well, if you don't do this, we're not going to vote for it and the world's going to crash. I see this as a big game of chicken. And in my years when I was in business, I mastered a negotiation strategy. And that was, I don't give a fuck. If you're trying to, if I'm trying to sell you something and you say, well, I want it for that much, I'd say, no, fuck you. Thanks. Hang up on you. Because now then you have to take the pressure on you. Are you missing out on something that, because I didn't really care if you bought it. I think Joe Biden's doing the right thing, saying we're not negotiating shit. We haven't negotiated the last 80 times we've done this since the 60s. You don't get to change the rules. You want to try to crash the country? Go a fucking head. But it's you will pay the price. You will be held responsible come the election time. Well, yeah, and it's not only Biden, but the House Democrats really aren't meeting with McCarthy and that group either. And then the House, and then the Senate Republicans have said, "This is your deal. Go yeah. forth and go forth and do what you can." But they're they're not they're not getting themselves involved in this, not one bit. Um, I I kind of expect a couple of maybe to come out, but the rest of them are not going to come out and say anything. No, I I think. I think, you know, MAGA and the Republicans will do what all bullies do when they get pushback. They blink and then they fold. I think that's what MAGA will do. Mitch McConnell was right in line with the way I think there is no way they're not going to raise the debt limit. There's just no way. The damage that could be done to this country and the world is too, too huge, and they just aren't going to do it. They are going to blink. They talk tough. They double down. But when it comes down to it, they fucking bail. The one thing that, that bothers me about Joe Biden, and I said this on a previous podcast, one of the things I don't like about Joe Biden is he's too old school. He's out of the times. Do you remember during the time when they were talking about the filibuster, Joe Biden said, oh, no, we can't give up the filibuster. That's important. No, it's not, Joe. It's a fucking problem for this country it just gives you a reason not to do something it's a for the giant elected. giant problem and then exactly. and then he says oh uh they were talking about just doing away with the the debt limit thing which is what most countries have done because it's just a shit show like we're seeing now he says oh we can't get rid of that debt limit uh that would be irresponsible well joe how long you been in fucking office 50 years Every time the debt limit has come up, when he's been in office, they've raised it. How is that any less responsible than just doing away with the debt limit? You basically did that anyway. All that does is save us from getting into this drama that we're having to fucking deal with now. Well, and, and, and you know, first of all, there's some, there's some thought that the Constitution allows the president to pay on a good faith and credit of the United States. So he may not even need the House of Representatives to just go ahead and keep on trucking along and running the government. Right. Uh, what are they going to do about it? Impeach him? You know, they're not going <laughs> to impeach him. No. So, I mean, you know, 
if that's true and, and it has, it's going to end up going up to the Supreme Court, um, he should just go ahead and do it and forget about the debt service. And you're so right about him. He's so far out of the times. In the meantime, you know, Chuck Schumer, who's been around a long time, has said to McCarthy, okay, we'll talk to you, but you better tell us what you want to cut. What do you want to cut? Tell us for give us a list of what you want to cut. And he wants he wants the Republicans to go ahead and actually write out a list of what they would cut to get the debt down. He wants and they're going to blink. They're not going to they're not going to give him a list. Well, and the, and the whole point of it is this is raising the debt limit has nothing to do with future money. It has to do with money already spent Maurice. and already been approved by Congress. It's like That's like right. you or I buying a house and getting a mortgage. And then about halfway through going, oh, this is out of control. We got to we got to do so. We're not paying this unless we can figure out a way to adjust our budget. OK, don't go pay your mortgage and they'll take that motherfucker away. It'll be catastrophic <laughs> for you, just like it'll be catastrophic right. for the country if they don't pay outstanding bills. These aren't future expenditures. This is outstanding bills that they've already agreed on. I think your audience you're 200,000 on the audience. <laughs> oh, no, no, not quite. <laughs> Probably already knows that fact. So hopefully you've got a few of the dark siders listening in who will go, will be hearing it for the first time. These are bills that have already been made and our money's already allocated. And that gives a little bit more credence uh, to take that constitutional route and let the president of the United States. And and frankly, McConnell um, might even be on his side on this one. Yeah, because he absolutely. doesn't want this fight. He no, doesn't want this fight. No, he doesn't. I, I'll just tell you my strategy here. I don't have that kind of huge audience. I'm not under any delusion to think that when I say something, the world changes. The reason <laughs> I do this is more <clears throat> more a megaphone. But I don't. That's not even a good example. What I hope when I say the things I say and talk about the things I do. I hope the people who hear it and maybe resonates with them, they tell other people. And then those people tell other people. It's kind of a it's kind of a ripple effect. I I don't have the power or the standing to change anything. But if I convince enough people to talk about it and they talk about it and they talk about it, then maybe we can create some change in this country. Well, I said it the last time, and your voice said, as the rational boomer, when the first time I saw you, I said, okay. All right, he's pretty good. And then I <laughs> listened to you a second time and then a third time. And then I sent you a, a text, you know, right. and I wasn't yet a diehard fan um, because you say the right things and you say it in a way that is thoughtful. You're not just loud. You're thoughtful about the remarks and you're informative. And oh, so if you, it, yeah, if your podcast has 10 people like me on it, then you're a wealthy man. Yeah, those absolutely. are 10 people. Right. Ten people who are listening, uh, getting the information and then talk about it, because I talk about it with my wife. I talk about it with my son. I talk about it with like minded people. I stay away from the dark siders. If they want to talk about it, I'll do the same thing you do, which is I'll talk about it. And hopefully I planted the seed, but probably not. They probably well, killed the seed as soon as I'm out of sight. I mean, we old folks, we just have to try something. We We don't want to die and say we did nothing. Uh, I will tell you there's more than 10, but not quite as many as 200,000. But there's a fair <laughs> amount of people that listen, in, and it makes well, listen, it all worthwhile to do it. 
Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk of your secrets. Let's just think positive here and think that your podcast is probably one of the biggest ones about politics in the country because that's kind of <laughs> what I that's kind of what I believe to be honest with you. Uh, whether it is or not, I'll buy, it. I'll buy it. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up as we get closer to the end of the show is Georgia. Yes, sir. You know, oh yes, lot, sir. A lot yes, of pe- a lot of people have said that the first indictments will come out of Georgia. Uh, it's the whole Fonnie Willis, the DA of the Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, she's been investigating the attempt by Donald Trump and some of his other lackeys uh, to overturn the election in 2020, the phone call to uh, Raffensperger saying, I need 11,780 votes. We know she took, Fonnie Willis took this to a special grand jury. Now, this is a little different process than we see in some things. Special grand juries can't put out indictments, but they do the investigation and they file a report. So they went through that special grand jury. They have a report. And now Fonnie Willis has taken that to a grand jury who can decide whether or not there are going to be indictments. Now, in this hearing, um, it was up for debate as to whether this report that was compiled by the special grand jury was going to be released and published for all to see. What was interesting was when I was watching it on TV, Fonnie Willis herself, the Fulton County DA, was trying to convince people or convince the court not to publish it, not to put it out there. And what's interesting, she said some things that were very interesting. I'm glad you're speaking about this because I'm I'm about a week behind on Georgia, and this has all come out in the last three, four days. This this came out yesterday. And this is all new to me. Right. So she went to the grand jury. She's uh, put this in front of the grand jury so they can decide about indictments. But what she said, even though she said, I do not want the the report published. And I think some people are disappointed by this. But when she was talking to the judge, she says, we want to make sure that everyone is treated fairly. And we think for future defendants to be treated fairly it's not appropriate at this time to have this report released. She said, future defendants, not not possible future defendants, but future defendants. And then she, she wrapped it up by saying, and, and uh, it's important that we keep this under wraps until such time because decisions are eminent, meaning coming quickly. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And she was right to do what she did. I agree. But here's the thing. She put it to the judge. That doesn't mean just because Fonnie Willis wants the report not released, that doesn't mean it's not going to be released. The judge still has to decide on that. I just think it's really compelling where she's saying um, future defendants, as if it's a foregone conclusion, there not only will be a defendant, but multiple defendants, not possible defendants, but defendants, and decisions are imminent, meaning things are happening quickly. So people may have been right about (coughs) Georgia that we're going to see some action out of them before we even see some action out of the DOJ. I've always thought that. I thought they were moving quickly. And this report, in my mind, um, was going to go the way, whichever way the prosecutors prosecution wanted. 
And I thought she was really smart because then it would have been become a circus. Uh, of course, the defense would now have that much longer to look at the report if they don't already have it right now. Right. But then the press would then influence any potential jurors by getting, you know, so much lead time to report on the report. So how do you find jurors that have been tainted by what's going on in the news media? So I think, I think she's smart. I think the judge is incredibly smart to give the prosecution the leeway to make that, that, that to make that uh, pitch to not release the report. She wants to make sure that the defendants can't say, I can't get a fair trial, like you said, or something was unfair about it. So that tells me if she's worried about that, that there are definitely some indictments coming, I, coming soon. That's the, that's like the best news I've heard today. Cause I, <laughs> I, like I said, I'm, I'm a little behind on Georgia, uh, because I do a lot of reading, but I've mostly been reading about Ukraine and the other things and more national the stuff that's going on in our Congress, but I've left sort of lost the bubble a little bit on Georgia. So, man, that just that just is incredible news, and I think you're right. Well, I think her wording was was explicit. Yeah, she specifically said it that way to send a message, and I think we'll see Donald Trump losing his shit. I think he already has lost his shit a little bit on Truth Social, but let let me ask you this: see what you think about this. I've said too that everybody is afraid to be that first one to indict Donald Trump. I don't think Fonnie Willis gives a fuck. I think she has everything to gain and nothing to lose by indicting Donald Trump, especially if she has a tape recording uh, or a recording of him committing the crime. Right. But my contention is, is once she breaks that barrier and files that one indictment, then we're going to see a waterfall of indictments. Nobody wants to be the first one. So so, so once that happens, they're going to feel more comfortable about it. I mean, a good example is uh, the Ma- Manhattan District uh, finds the Trump Organization guilty of 17 counts of fraud. And then all of a sudden, Alvin Bragg says, we better look into that about Donald Trump. Now, all of a sudden, he's being brave and a little cocky. And if Fonnie Willis sends out an indictment to Donald Trump, to Lindsey Graham, because Lindsey called twice. Oh, yeah, he's he's on the the target list. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And all the fake electors and all this shit and whatever they had to do with those fake electors. I think this... This this Fonnie Willis situation, if there are indictments that come out of it, that's going to be the start of an avalanche of indictments and it will become indictment season. I think, you know, the thing, the difference between her and Garland is that you, here you have a local state prosecutor with ambitions of her own and Trump uh, hands her this wonderful case where there's almost not a lot of work for her to have to do and she said oh my god it's christmas and she is certainly as a as a a ambitious young prosecutor is going to go after him yes he did wrong and and that's certainly a motivation because he broke the law but it doesn't hurt for her to gain out of this the problem with garland is he doesn't have the guts to do what she did and and follow suit because he doesn't have the same motivations. He's got a whole different set of motivations. Uh, frankly, Biden, I I still think, made the wrong choice by making him the attorney general. I think the, the attorney general has to be hungry for that job. 
And he wasn't hungry for that job. He was a judge at the end of his career. And yeah, it's nice to have those guys. But the fact was he needed to find somebody that was going to push hard like Clinton had. And I can't think of the attorney general he had during, during Waco. She was amazing. I thought that's exactly the kind of woman or man that you need with that kind of personality. She would, this, this already would have happened if she was back in. I, I wish I could remember her name. Well, you know, I think I, I think another thing comes into play as much as Joe Biden's not going to get anything done because the House of Representatives is just a bunch of obstructionists at this point. And even though he had a lot of legislation in the first two years, I think if we go two years and the DOJ doesn't do jack shit to Donald Trump or anybody else, that's going to hang over Biden's head and that might sink him uh, for being the candidate in 2024. Oh, you are absolutely on point. If nothing happens and it's still ongoing two years from now, he's done. There is, like I said, no one's that motivated to vote for him. And he's been a pretty dang good president, to be honest with you. But even still, if, if Pete Buttigieg was, was running and, and primary him, I know who I would vote for and it wouldn't be Biden. Right. If Elizabeth Warren was running again, which I don't think she'll do because she's getting a little old, I definitely would vote for her over him. Um, if Bernie Sanders runs again, and I think he will because he just doesn't quit, um, I would vote for Biden over Sanders. I just don't think Sanders has the chops for that job. But other than that, pretty much anyone, I think I would take Biden over Kamala Harris too. But the, the fact is there's not a lot of enthusiasm for Harris. There's not a lot of enthusiasm for Biden. There's not a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of them. And if he, if he, this doesn't get settled with, with Trump in an orange jumpsuit, I think I think he's toast in twenty twenty four. I agree. Because, I agree. Because Generation Z is not gonna get out of their beds and their coffee houses and everything to vote for a guy who let Trump get get out and he'll get the blame. It won't be Merrick Garland. It'll be him that'll get the blame for that. Yeah, I mean whoever runs against him in the primary will say, Vote for me because I'm not a pussy like Biden. That's that's the attitude they will have. Right, right, right. But I don't see anybody stepping up to the plate right now. I don't see any indication of anybody in the Democratic Party thinking about running and primarying him. No, no. And, and they that might be a hard thing for him to do. I think he's going to have to make the decision not to run or just not be able to run for whatever reason. Right. One guy who I think would be a good president, I don't think he will run in 2024 because he's got bigger bigger things to do is Hakeem Jeffries. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a president. He's a bad, he, but, but they also need him as a speak, speaker of the house too. They do. They do. He'd be probably more valuable as speaker of the house, but he'd make a damn good president. I, there are some, there are some choices. Governor of California would be great. Um, but I wish he would stay in California because they, they need him in California. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, looking around, you know who I think would be, I would love to see run for higher office is Tammy Duckworth. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Smart. Former veteran. Yeah, you know, combat wounded. I mean, yeah. I think she's inspirational, and I think she's brilliant. And I just wish she had the fire to run for for that higher office. Um it would make quite a contrast with, say, a, a Donald Trump or any one of those to see them up on a stage, wouldn't it? It would. You know, another person who 
I don't know how this is all going to shake out. I think she's probably one of the better politicians in the country, probably one of the stronger, smarter politicians in this country. But she's lost two consecutive elections for governor of Georgia. That's Stacey Abrams. I think her future is very bright, but she's got to start winning some fucking elections. Yeah. Problem is she's in Georgia. There's already two good senators there. Right. So where did we, I think, you know, so I'm not sure where there's room for her to be except as a vice presidential candidate. And she won't be Biden's vice because I'm sure he's loyal to Harris. So well, what you know, Biden it has need, to be somebody else. What Biden needs to do is put her on his, his, his cabinet somehow. Get yeah, her in the mix. I think you're right. She's too right. smart to be sitting in Georgia doing nothing. I know she's not doing nothing. She's been very instrumental in getting those two senators elected. She's probably one of the most important person in getting those two senators elected. So she's incredibly valuable and she's incredibly smart, but they should be utilizing that intelligence and that presence that she has. Well, the, the problem with the Democrats, the Democratic Party is they don't think this way. You know, they no. don't they don't they don't really have good strategic ability. The Republicans, um, their voters set their strategy for them in places like ALEC. And for those that don't know what ALEC is, it's a it's a group that meets around the country and they write the legislation that gets sent out to the rest of the states. Um, and I, there isn't really a similar thing on a Democratic side, the, 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 like the Heritage Foundation, to set policy and a strategic thought about who should run and stuff. Uh, the only thing about the Republicans is sometimes it gets away from them like it did in 2024. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're running out of time here, Tony. I want to thank you very much for coming in. And, and uh, well, I mean, thanks you, for having me. You, you, you sent me a note like an hour before. <laughs> said, hey, I'd like to come back on again. I go, when do you want to come back on? He said, I don't care. When do you want to come back on? I said, how about right now? And she said, fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, let's do that. Um, just for the folks at home, you have the uh, Aiken uh, Saber Academy. Academy. Why, why don't you All give right. the details about that? Because I know there's people interested in it. It's a great thing for uh, a lot of kids, and, and they should know about it. So let them know. Yeah, so Aiken Saber Academy is a is a Aiken City recreation program i charge 25 dollars a month and our mission is not so much to teach lightsaber combat it's to change lives and so we teach leadership skills and self-confidence and sort of reinforce the values that you would hope that your teens and young people get um because of my experience in life i answer questions about how do you get ready for college how do you do financial aid um I had one person said, how do I write a speech as a best man? This was a 17-year-old. He was going to give a best man speech, so I helped him with that. And so that's what we're there for. We're there so that we get these kids into a fitness program, a martial arts program, and, frankly, a citizenship program. Um, Obviously, I'm on this podcast, but when it comes to my teaching at the academy or when I was a teacher in high school, I stay away from any kind of politics except as an academic exercise where I'm a neutral party. And that's how I run the academy. I mean, so uh, we have a lot of homeschool. We have a, we have about five kid, five with uh, autism. And we just have a young man who's 22, 23, suffers epileptic seizures quite a bit. Um, nobody else would take him. 
we took him. And in fact, we had a presentation last week and we gave him a saber, uh, an author signed copy of a martial arts book and some armor and some other things as well. So a, a face mask so that he could participate in the class because it's just him and his dad. His mother died last year. They we go through rough financial times because of his medical illnesses. And our job and my job is to, is to help allow that, that individual to partake of what else is available out there and, and help him grow and, and, and guide him into adulthood. I've said to my kids and I've said to a lot of people, and you're better informed about this, that you're more knowledgeable about this than I am. But I've often said the most valuable thing any human being can have is confidence. If you don't have confidence, you really can't do jack shit. You've got to be confident and secure in yourself and believe in yourself and be confident in almost everything you're involved in, whether it be a relationship or business or, or sports or, or exactly. whatever you're doing. And I, I think men have a unique place in building confidence in children and young adults. We set an example. Um, we have a way of speaking and acting that is, and, and, and just putting out an environment of safety. And the problem is there aren't enough men doing this. There are not enough men in the school systems teaching. There are not enough men coaches. I mean, you go to a kid's soccer match that's for young kids more than two thirds of the coaches are women and there right. aren't any men coaching. Where are the men teaching, you know, co-ed kid soccer. So, yeah. you know, I want, want to be part of the solution uh, and, and changing that. And if I can guide these young people and they remember commander 20 years from now, which quite a few of my students do, then I've done my job. Well, and, 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 and just to, to buffer something here, you're not suggesting that women are bad coaches. It's just you need a balance of men and women coaching. I absolutely, yeah, that's exactly right. Women are fantastic coaches. I think women are uh, achieving more and doing more than they should. There should be an equal number of men as volunteers. There should be an equal number of men in the school systems. There should be an equal number of men raising children so we don't have single mothers. So men kind of need to step up to the plate. And I'm not saying all men. There's lots of great men. But for those that watch TikTok, um, I'm seeing a lot of young ladies and older ladies complaining about the men. And that's because that is their history. So come on, guys, let's step up. These kids and our society needs us to be the leaders, to, to be able to pass on skills that the next generation will need. When you have kids, you have one job. Raise those kids. They are your priority. If you don't make your kids your priority, you're going to fuck up in your job. Well, exactly. We're taking charge of our three-year-old, uh, our three-year-old granddaughter because her, her, she has, she had, she does get some counseling and the counseling went down to her daycare, some other works and saw what was going on there. And, and because her mother was worried. And we said, we'll take her. We'll train her. We'll homeschool. It's a job for us, for her and mom. That's not what we wanted for our retirement. But there's a responsibility to see that our grandchildren go on to bigger and better lives and not become problems for us later on or for themselves. So we're taking our granddaughter and, we're, and the TV is going to be off. And she's going to have a structured thing between 8 and one thirty when her mother picks her up. Um, because that's our responsibility. That was my idea. That's 
And my wife was all in favor of that. We're working as a team. And that's what we need. Men and women working as a team, each giving their own special skills and their own special characteristics into, into developing and bringing along young people. Well, it sounds like uh, we have a tease for the next time you come on. We can talk about <laughs> such things uh, because I think it is important, you know, how people raise their kids and how people behave themselves changes everything in the society. And we've got a lot of fixing to do at this point. Mike, you and I could talk pretty much about anything. We could probably talk about phys- physics, even though neither one of us is all shit about it. Oh, I yeah, I can talk about anything, not necessarily intelligently. I never go, I, I, I never claim quantity, I never claim quality in what I say, but I got quantity coming out the ass. Uh, you're selling yourself short. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan, I'm a fan because you have quality and quantity. All right, All right well, Mike. Well, I know you. that we're over and listen, I really uh, appreciate it. And I really, again, enjoyed just seeing you again. I, I enjoy seeing you again, too. And thank you very much for coming on the show and offering to do it in such short notice. I know the folks at home will enjoy it. I hope everybody has a great day. And uh, of course we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. So you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.